Welcome to Game Set Matchup, the podcast where we talk everything partnerships, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hello everyone, uh, so I'm Carl Busby, your host of Game Set Matchup, the number one partnerships podcast, and we are back with our first episode of season five, and it's a good one. So on today's episode, I caught up with Max Cleary, who heads up strategic partnerships at Unity uh, within EMEA. So Unity has a set of software tools uh, which allow software companies to utilize those tools within their own games or applications. Uh, Max is responsible for trying to grow these emerging products and ideally have you know big gaming companies use these tools within their software. Something I have a very personal interest in myself, obviously being an avid gamer, it was really, really interesting to hear how the tools uh, at Unity are being used and more importantly, uh, how he's trying to grow and for partnerships with this company. Uh, Max also has a wealth of experience in the partnership space, and we spend some time getting to know a bit more about him and also finding out about how his partnerships career has grown and where it all started with his own personal business. Uh, that's quite an interesting story. So uh, you'll have to listen on to find out exactly what was involved. Um, and then finally, we just spent some time discussing, you know, how having the right culture in a business can, you know, really make all the difference. Uh, and we also get to find out who he would love to partner with um, personally. And let's just say it's a, it's a unique and, and a good one. So as always, uh, enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Games That Match Up. So it's the podcast where we discuss all things partnership. Uh, so it's a pleasure to be uh, back, our first episode, um, launching off um, season five. Um, and again, as always, um, you know, you might be new to the uh, partnerships game and looking for a bit of advice uh you know or you know maybe you're an experienced pro just looking for a bit of new inspiration or a bit more direction in terms of the partnerships world whichever one it is we thank you all for for tuning in uh as always i'm your host carl busby and uh very excited please welcome our guest today we have max cleary who is strategic partnerships over at unity hello and welcome max hi carl great to be here thank you very much so um as always we'll uh dive into uh some of the uh the questions and we love to uh, just to start off, well, just to get to know a little bit more uh, about who you are, so our listeners can understand a bit more about what you do. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, you know, just give us a little bit of um, you know about uh, your kind of uh, you know your background, um, you know, a bit about the current role, obviously that you're uh, sort of currently doing, um, and yeah, like you know, just in terms of what you're sort of doing over at, over at uh, at Unity. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, cheers, Carl. Great to be here. My um, my role at the moment is at Unity, which is one of the world's largest gaming technology companies. I specialize in developing our emerging products team, which means taking advanced visual effects tools towards the gaming industry, um, as well as working with big gaming companies to help them with their production technology. So essentially, it's about helping companies do advanced R&D in the media production space. But I've been in the partnerships game for the last 13 or so years and have done quite a wide range of uh, things over the course of that time. And I think I'd probably say that I've tried as best as possible to identify as not a salesperson, but ultimately having titles that are very much like a salesperson as in partnerships lead, business yeah. development, commercial manager, sk skirting around the issue. But yeah, um, yeah. in one way or another, most of what I've been doing has worked for startups that have got a new or emerging product that is quite new to market, as opposed to selling something that's already commoditized and is high volume and those kinds of things. So my game is specializing in new products and services, finding product market fit and trying to find some of the first customers for new tech products. Uh, that's the kind of crux of what I've been doing for the last 14 or so years. Yep. Fun fact is that in um, yeah, earlier on in my career, I was a top 40 artist. So I had a small break of, being, of creating partnerships in that space and doing a bit more creative bits and pieces. I started a massage business. Um, and the fun thing that I'm doing at the moment is a kind of 
crazy way of making new partnerships is I've made an AI generated film about oh, my yeah. comp about my company, which is wow. I started doing an AI and filmmaking course to be able to talk to visual effects companies more credibly about AI, which everyone's talking about in every yeah. moment. So yeah. they made a an AI generated trailer about Unity, the world's biggest gaming company, where the partnerships team messes up a deal and there are dystopian consequences. And I've got a lot of my teammates' faces in it. So, yeah. um, and I've found that actually sending that to prospective clients to show a I'm learning the game that you're in, b this is quite fun, has been one of the weird and kooky things I guess I've done in recent times to create new partnerships. Wow. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's one of the most interesting injuries I think we've uh, we've ever uh, sort of uh, had on the game set matchup. Um, but that's no, really really interesting. I mean, um, we might touch a bit more later on when it comes to the uh, the AI space as well. But um, you know, just what you sort of touched on there about uh, you know doing a course and you know doing that bit of research to try and you know um, you know uh, work out more what's going on in the AI world before you know sort of reaching out. A lot of that does lend over into partnerships as well. You know, we you know, uh, always recommend to our members that, you know, just do that research before you, uh, you know, have that first meeting, find out what they're about. There's nothing worse than, you know, turning up to a meeting and then just they, they realise you don't, you don't know anything. <laughs> anything it's not, it's, it's not just, it's not just that. It's that you can easily parrot back what your product team, tech team or analyst team are telling you. And you say, hey, there's some market research. But if you felt the pain that they felt, and in this example, hey, we found that environments are really tricky, right? And then you yeah. kind of got that same experience means you can chat more credibly rather than just parroting things back that you've read or have took, you know, so, so that's, I think for me, the big change that I've made in the last few years. And I suspect many people in the partnerships game will be trying to make is wanting to identify as more as a strategic advisor who's yeah. got that credibility, even if you have, if you, if you're not at the same level as your, as your, as the people you're trying to sell to having that peer, peer to peer exchange is really, really key. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to touch a little bit more on the, on that later, but um, just uh, obviously keeping on the obviously on the, on the uh, partnerships theme. So um, I'm not sure. Uh, so how long uh, do you say just you've been um, in the current role? Been at Unity for eight months. Oh, eight, eight months. months. Okay, so rel rel uh, relatively uh, relatively mm -hmm. fresh. But obviously, again, you know, lots of experience in the previous things. So, <clears throat> but just like I mean, uh, you said, I mean, this is the whole uh, obviously gaming world. Uh, something close to my heart. I'm a, I'm a mm -hmm. myself. So we, we had a quick catch up before. So, um, you know, I kind of know a, a little bit about what's sort of going on, you know, in that world as well. Um, but um, so, yeah, but with, you know, uh, Unity or even maybe like I said in previous, you know, sort of roles, you know, um, how uh, would you say, like I said, that, you know, Unity is going about, you know, looking to create partnerships in this, uh, you know, in this sort of, um, you know, gaming space. And also, uh, you know, we always like to really sort of understand for for you what would be, you know, a gold star partnership if there was such a, such a thing, you know, with a you know a particular uh, business or company. Mm. Um, so the um, what I can share about what, what we're doing at Unity because obviously, obviously can't go into the, it too in depth. Can't um, spill all the, the secrets. <laughs> all the secrets. <laughs> the the fun thing about the role that I'm doing at the moment is it's slightly different to a lot of other partnerships role where, that I've had, where we've actually got a very small number of companies that we're looking to work with. Because at the moment, the products are at a reasonably early stage. Mm -hmm. If we were to release them en masse to the gaming industry and they're buggy or they don't all work and there's a million customer service queries separate left, right and center, yeah. we would not be able to support those products and as a consequence you'd end up with a backlash and you end up with products that don't feel like they're fit for purpose. Yeah. So we are looking to partner with a small number of the biggest gaming and VFX studios in the short term. And yeah. consequently, my role is much more about working with their R&D teams, with their production teams, as opposed to 
just trying to sell SaaS to the to, to a large kind of volume of uh, of, of long of the long tail mid to small size studio. So that's right. been a slight change for me because yeah. typically in your business development role, surprise Unity, I was at a emerging tech consultancy called Digital Catapult for for, uh, for five years and. That was much more broad range. We were selling AI consulting services, XR, AR, VR, blockchain, and 5G consulting. And wow. at that point, you'd be looking to, to sell to anyone who any any company that was of a certain size. And the, the real challenge was trying to identify the problem because actually we were when you're selling advanced technology consulting services, you're not really selling a product at all. You're selling a problem that you need to identify from the customer. So actually the, the weapon that you have is questions. So instead of selling a product, you have to be incredibly creative. The questions that you ask and the strategy and the, and the, the way in which you ask those questions is pretty much the entire game because you yeah. can't easily turn up and say, yeah. or if you try and turn up and say, hey, we can do AI, hey, we can do this, and hey, we can do that. And the big systems integrators, which I'm sure you know, all the big four consultancies, that is mm. a big way that they would sell. But when you're a small fish, you yeah. really have to be incredibly sharp at asking the right balance of personal questions, strategic questions, all of those different ways in which you try and identify your class, personal motivations, and also do a load of research into what that company's doing. So it looks like you care about them. Yeah. So in a way, that was that part of the game was more challenging. Yeah. But what we're doing at Unity is actually is also much more challenging because you've got to get much more deep into the technology and much more into the yeah. long-term strategy of how these products may or may not um evolve. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, you obviously you just touched on um, and again, obviously, so you know, we're not going to spill the secrets, but like you said, um, you know, obviously, uh, the the plan sort of to go out to sort of the bigger, um, you know, sort of like gaming companies, and like you said, get you know these guys to sort of take these things, mm. uh, you know, on board. I guess the idea would be that you know these things, the tools, they work. Uh, obviously, they build up obviously a bit of a, I guess, uh, you know, sort of reputation. Then the rest the the you know companies go oh this you know this looks this is cool we 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 want we want some we want some of that as well sort of thing and it, it just naturally naturally spreads I'm guessing that's the you know the the the, the general idea with it with the tools it's, that's the that's the broad idea is that you yeah. productize these tools with the companies that are looking to really push the boundaries of what's possible when creating a digital human or how yeah. can we create procedural environments to so that you don't have to have many artists creating trees by yeah. hand and all of all of those sorts of things yeah but I guess yeah. what what we look for and the reason we've tried to we're seeking those kinds of partners is we need them to have an appetite for joint research and development because if yeah. there's a company who just wants to say hey we just want some, want something that works and we need it to work left right and center that that isn't the quite the right partner for us because we need to have that joint goals joint vision we need their, their technology team to buy in and, and also work closely with our tech team first so before you would sign a deal you'd need to know that the technology teams are Going to be reasonably well aligned, and yeah. um, and as a consequence, we're yeah looking to make sure that we are picking those partners on that basis, as opposed to just you know trying to strike a typical contract. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then uh, yeah, just obviously keep, again keeping on the theme of partnerships. You know, obviously here at Finder, uh, you know, we are all about helping businesses to get that first discovery call, and then you know. Mm-hmm cut through the um you know the 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 cold calling and this sort of you know awkwardness and stuff that can obviously come with obviously uh you know obviously a lot of that um so you know with uh obviously like in the current role in terms of like um you know sort of how you sort of go about creating the partnerships so i know uh, obviously we had a catch up here as i think before you know you said you've been to like gamescom obviously that's a massive massive you know event obviously the idea i know you're obviously going to go there to try and build some relationships with people, connections, that kind of that kind of stuff. 
Um, is that like one of the main sort of ways that you're, you know, you, you kind of go out there looking for those people or is there any, is there any other sort of tools or things that you guys are doing to, 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 to basically look for, you know, for business? I would say that at Unity, the cold outreach lead generation component of the role that I have has not been the most challenging um, right. because Unity is an established name. We're already connected to a lot of big gaming companies. And so yeah. as a consequence, you can generally find a connection through somebody at Unity, which means you have to build relationships internally yeah. Um, yeah. And, or, and or events. Yes, I'd still say that the lifeblood of trying to get that first connection, you still use LinkedIn a decent yeah. amount. You still go to events. You still try and create those chance connections. Yeah. But I'd say that over the course of my career the thing that i've stood out at and been able to do well is that cold outreach whether that is yeah. events sometimes it's yeah. running private events like supper clubs trying to create a community or trying to run you know run events to get people invested i don't yeah. tend to subscribe to the thought leadership piece where you send out reports and things like that because i think that that tends to be a huge amount of investment for not unless you're in a really really specific niche and it's incredibly easy for you to crack that out yeah i find that building communities and getting peer-to-peer -peer exchange of information in a small closed environment seems to be one of the best ways of getting customers not just in but also invested in what you do and that's one of the things that i quite like about the finder principle is yeah, yeah. hey let's create a community maybe there's a subset subsection community around tech or health or insurance or whatever it is and even if not everyone in the room is your decision maker your cto or your ceo There'll be someone in there where if you could build a good enough relationship with them, you exchange peer to peer info, you think, oh, actually, this is quite fun and we've got a good, you know, a good back and forth. Then yeah. and that becomes something where you're willing to build that, that you can build network through each other. So yeah. I completely subscribe to that. And that was one of the most interesting and most you know, more more mentally demanding, but certainly most um impactful ways that I'd created partnerships. But um yeah. Over my uh when I was um one of my first jobs out of university, I was um, I was selling recycling. I, it was I branded it as recycling consultancy services, but essentially I was selling bins <laughs> to the door. And uh, as a posh-sounding guy going around trading estates, trying to not trying to interrupt people doing industrial metalwork or carpentry, and shouting at them to try and look at their bins. Yeah. That was that was kind of a much more hardcore door knocking. And as a consequence, yeah. I think having <laughs> done that piece, I'd have, that, that I'm, I don't have any shyness about reaching out. So um, yeah. I think yeah. it's key that everyone develops that. But I think the world that we're living in now, people are less, perhaps less responsive. I mean, on LinkedIn, mm. if you do good messages, yeah, you're looking at 10% on a really good day. You're, mm. quite, you're quite personalized. So you've got to have yeah. that resilience. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's a interesting, like, funny story there. But, you know, like you said, it probably that was helping build the foundations when you were young, you know, and, um, you know, it, uh, doing that thing. You know, me me personally, I'm, you know, it's not something I've, I've been the best skill that when it comes to like, uh, you know, cold call. I think it's one of those things, you know, ultimately we have these conversations all the time. Everyone's, you know, in, in some way trying to obviously sell something as a business, you know, that's, yeah. that's the whole point. Um, you know, partnerships can be a big piece of it as well, but you know, some, you've, you've got something that you are trying to obviously, you know, uh, physically sort of sell. So, um, and, um, you know, building that skill, uh, from, you know, from, from, from a young age, like I said, it, it, yeah, you know, you, you're just going to have that there sort of for when you, you know, obviously, um, yeah, as 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 you grow, um, and, 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 and on and on that, I think that there's a guy um, that I follow on LinkedIn. Who I will find out his name in a moment. He talks, gave this story about how when he was 15, he uh, was starting to cold call and started to reach out to businesses, and he was just like designing websites and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Really, really early on, and he and he cracked at the age of 15, 16. That if you're told no nine times, but told yes once, you're still a hundred. You're 100 percent ahead of all of your peers. 
And if you, you can get, and if you can get over the perceived shame, which at yeah. age fifteen, sure, like most people would have that. Yeah, shame, yeah, shame yeah. Component. But but that teenage insecurity still lives in all of us grown ups. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to be told no. I don't want to feel I'm cool. I don't want to feel rejected. 100%. And actually, if that's your muscle, that's like your hustle. That's the thing that differentiates you. Ninety ninety something percent of people will still feel embarrassed. Yeah. That's not yeah. to say you should go and shamelessly bash down every door that you can. That, no, there's obviously no. there's obviously a balance, but. <laughs> Yeah. being able to do that is one of the things that separates people who are in the partnerships or salesy game that can be pro that have that ability to be proactive so i'd say mm -hmm. learning to do that early in the right way and yeah. choosing your battles is absolutely yeah. yeah it's one of the most important skills in, yeah. in the entire game yeah no i absolutely love that uh i mean that uh leads quite nicely on to the to the, to the next question so again don't know he might it might be something something uh, around this but um you know obviously you just touched on uh you know uh obviously what you did there when you first left university and stuff but um we always like to also i guess you know uh you know that your younger self you know think back to you know when you were first sort of uh, sort of starting out um you know and sort of where you are sort of today you know what sort of uh, you know what advice would you maybe maybe give it might be like just you know it could just be one one little 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 thing that just makes you know could made made a bit of a a difference to your sort of journey in terms of um you know when you're sort of first starting out in, I, this, in this world i think that whilst whilst obviously the hustle and learning to door knock and all that sort of stuff i think it is really important i think that the thing that would make the most difference and is going to be the most important for people in the partnerships game going forward is not just being good at partnerships it's mm. understanding your industry and really taking the time to whether it's develop a technology skill or doing learning how to do design or whatever it is that your company specializes in yeah. become friends with the people who are good at doing that job and try and try your hand at it because yeah. for example Unity, I've learned to use the Unity engine, the Unity editor, I work with some of the tech team, and that credibility not only means that I work more closely with people internally, Love but it that. means that if you ever were going to start your own thing, like yeah. become an entrepreneur and launch your own project, having the ability to play with the tools and not be scared of them and not feel like you're just an imposter in this in yeah. the technology game or whatever it is. Yeah. Learning to play with new tools and pick them up quickly learning to web scrape, learning to, I mean, this future world, learning to use AI tools to, to yeah. maximize your capability. Yeah. Um, learning to pick up new skills and try them out, even if it doesn't, even if you don't become a designer or you don't become a web scraping, you know, data fiend, learning to pick up those new skills as you go, I think is one of the most important things because then you can start to string some of them together and it becomes it's, quite exciting. Yeah. No, I absolutely love that. And I think obviously, again, this, you know, in today's world, it's really, you know, it's so easy to uh, to learn things now, right? Like you can yeah. just you know, put your, turn your laptop on, Google search, find a course and, you know, learn something. Whereas, uh, you know, back in my day, not given my age, but, uh, you know, like okay. I said, that was not something, uh, you know, if you wanted to learn something new or a new skill, you know, you, you'd have to, well, you'd have to potentially move or go to a different part of the country or something. Mm -hmm. you know, only a certain place would be doing that. So, um, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm now trying to, not every day, but I find that doing a mental weight lift before you start doing any, before you just, I mean, the default of many people in the development game, you'd wake up, you get up, you, you open your email, bang, 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 you reply, you try and try to push things out. But I find that that puts my mind into quite a shallow mental capability gap. There's um, a lot of research. There's this guy called Daniel Kahneman who's written this book about about called Thinking Fast and Slow. So the idea is that your brain have two, your brain has two systems. One's called System One, which basically yep. does quite reflexive tasks tasks that you've got inbuilt habits for four times four you know 16 whereas yeah. to use system two which is the, like the heavier lift like yeah your higher brain power kicks in 
yeah. 45, 45 times 73, yeah, you've got to really... Yeah, yeah, got a little think. And actually, you don't do your best work and you don't learn unless you're using system two. But the way that our brain works is obviously you try and revert to system one, but it takes about 15 or so minutes to get into that gear, like literally like going through gears of a car. So yeah. I find that in the beginning of the day, I try and do something that forces my brain to yeah. get into system two and actually doing learning, whether that's yeah. like about AI or learning some course yeah. or whatever, taking yeah. notes that forces my brain into a system two territory. So you actually do use the better parts of your brain rather than just reflexively, yeah. just passively chasing dopamine, chasing news articles, going on LinkedIn and yeah. bash, bash, bash. So, yeah. um, and it forces you to be more strategic in the way that you think about your accounts or the way that you think about your strategy. Oh, that's amazing. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard of it described like that before, but now, now you've said it, it does obviously makes you know it does make a lot of sense. Um, but uh, yeah, it just sounds like you know you've you know, you've got those uh, you know good sort of routines. I think you know it's one of those things. I my, my, myself, I might start to uh, start looking at it, uh, myself. Um, obviously, I know a lot of people. You can have the best intentions, but we know uh, you know some days you wake up and you just <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't got the energy, but. That is what I, I I think that's brilliant. Well, that's over COVID, I had to over COVID. Particularly if you're if you work from home and you're an extroverted person, which I am, and most a lot of partnerships people are, mm. then you need to have incredibly strong habits to stay yeah. effective and to use and to use your your capabilities to the best of their ability, rather than just yeah. waiting for emails. And if you have one of those days where nothing really comes in, or you end up just chasing LinkedIn, you end up without yeah. without really using your brain, and that's one yeah. of the more frustrating problems of the role. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, and um, yeah, just moving on to again, I mean, um, you know, we like to ask, yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, some people may not necessarily have maybe managed uh, teams in their roles, but obviously, you, you know, you all work as part of a wider team. So, you know, it's uh, the same, uh, same kind of thing. But um, yeah, you know, do you have any sort of like, um, you know, sort of views or ideas on like, you know, what can, you know, help to make a sort of a high, you know, uh, performing team. So again, could be someone maybe like you've managed or, you know, within a team that you're working because within a business, I mean, especially, I mean, business you're in is absolutely huge, uh, but, um, you know, the culture, uh, you know, can play a massive, you know, massive, massive part in terms of how, uh, you know, a team works together, you know, and ultimately how a business performs um, and actual staff staying on <laughs> mm. in, you know, uh, 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 the job, uh, and and the roles so you know we all want to keep our best people and a big you know big part of that is obviously having the right you know sort of culture and mentality so yeah like i said any any sort of like you know views on you know your experiences with with, with that i'd say i'm gonna i'll say the first thing which is blindingly obvious and will have been said by many people before which is that the first time managers learning to delegate well and taking the time to learn how to delegate is the most important thing because you assume someone who's more junior will know what they know what to do and then you can get yeah. annoyed but actually it's often your fault that you yeah. haven't set the right expectations timelines and set out the right understanding of what their hurdles might be and although yeah. it's a lot of investment and we will naturally think we're good at it because it's very easy to boss people around yeah um learning yeah. to delegate effectively <laughs> yeah. everyone thinks that they're good at it and most people are not I mean, not say so, i'm sure maybe, maybe there are some yeah, no. Ooh, yeah so that's the first one but the one that i have found really impactful in the last two companies i've been at which is when you're selling more complex consultancy driven or sales with a reasonably long sales cycle so the kinds of businesses the kinds of deals we're, we're looking at are kind of six to 18 months is that territory and some of them are quite reasonably high value when you're doing those kinds of deals you need to work very closely with a number of people across your organization but technology teams project teams often your your other sales people or your other partnerships or bd people so yeah. you often need help from the people in your teams and consequently the, the commission structure has reflected less of a 
hunter mentality. So whilst there is, it's, you still will be compensated on in some shape or form. It's yeah. not the same. You don't end up with that aggressive boiler room and hyper protective kind of culture where people won't collaborate with each other on each other's deals or there's yeah. you know all yeah. the disputes over ownership of accounts because what i have found incredibly healthy in the last two roles have been is that people are quite happy to help each other out share info share insight and actually they want their team to get better and they want their team to hit their targets rather than seeing one of your colleagues hit your target and a little part of you dies that's yeah. not <laughs> we've all been there it's just human nature right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's just the way we're built yeah and the difference is that you collaborate and you want your colleagues to get better because you want them to help make you better as well and granted there'll be some companies where that's not the case and if you're selling high volume commoditized um you know you're you need to be doing like 30 40 deals a day then yes you're not going to be sharing or yeah. 30 deals a week or whatever it is there are some roles where that's not going to happen yeah but when yeah. you've got that when it's a much more knowledge work-based sale then sometimes you will need that and that has been one of the cultural things that's made a massive difference for me that yeah. you still have the pressure but it's more of a team pressure and that is and slightly better to bear yeah yeah i really I, I love that and uh yeah you know spot on i think that i think everyone probably has experienced that type of thing uh where you know you, privately and never you're, said you're, it you're smiling loud. but inside you're not you're not smiling. <laughs> well done mate yeah 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 yeah. Had it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah brilliant and then uh you, you're thinking ah, unbelievable um yeah no i, I think that's uh that's really i mean I, my uh my um uh, background was in mobile phones before I started mm. getting part of the partnerships game. And obviously that's, uh, you know, especially when it first started, I mean, you know, the, the, the sales for, for, it just, it just went, you know, it just blew up uh, incredibly. But I don't even know I never worked in the sales side myself. I watched and I could see like within our contact center and just how, you know, people operate. And it was, it was, it was cutthroat. There was no, there was no team work going on on there. It was everyone, yeah. was, everyone was basically out for themselves. 100%. Um, you know, they sold something to the, the grand to get a sale. So, um, you know, we, we, and things have evolved massively, I think I'd probably say, uh, you know, since then, but um, yeah, some funny times. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, go. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm imagining. I'm imagining you. Uh, imagining oh. you in the photo shop, but like fighting over customers. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could could quite a few stories we could go into, but we've got the time. We've got time to go into that now. Um, but um, yeah, so just uh, also, I know we obviously touched a little bit on. Um, you know, you, you talked about so you know personal kind of development you're doing in terms of the uh, the AI stuff, which is you know really, really, uh, really interesting. But um, you know, we always like to just try ask our guests, like you know, what do they think the sort of future holds? I mean, part partnerships you know just as a piece i still think is something that um you know a lot of business i mean i've come across companies some people don't even you know the, the, the term partnerships just that there doesn't really exist you know in, in in sort of the business you know something that they've uh potentially looking to you know bring bring in um but i think you know it's a lot more common these days to have a you know partnerships obviously team but in terms of like um you know what do you think the future sort of holds uh you know for sort of like creating partnerships and you know any sort of views or ideas on how you know it might you know sort of change from where it's come today i mean i think you know we could probably look over the last sort of five to ten years to how it, it, things have you know changed whether it be you know obviously the tools that we're using also i think ai is probably going to come a little bit uh you know shall we say more you know more involved we're still at the sort of you know infancy of that um but yeah sort of um you know <clears throat> any ideas sort of like you know how you know, or you think things might sort of, you know, change in the future when it comes to, you know, essentially just yeah, create, just creating partnerships. So I, th I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how things evolve because 
depending on the industry, vertical kinds of products, I think there's going to be a massive transition in the way that partnerships professionals operate. There'll probably be quite a big influx of wannabe thought leaders, because now you can knock out a blog post, you can knock out content, thought leadership content way faster than you ever were before. Frankly, yeah. you barely need to make much effort. I considered doing it that myself, but I, kind of, I thought let's not be one of those guys yet. But yeah. <laughs> there will probably be some con consulting based industries where that is a way that you need to, in, in order to stand out and do the social selling piece. I think social selling will continue to grow massively. And I suspect a lot of AI powered content will be part of that. So that's one part. I think that and I alluded to this earlier, the area that I like the most is the community-based driven yeah. approach where but, you're yeah. not, and then this is where I think find is quite interesting, is rather than just looking on LinkedIn and trying to find an expert on there, having a small group of people who you trust or you, still, you learn to trust over time and you have a few, a few events and you start to get to know people and then you have those recommendations from people who really know what they're talking about within your industry, that's the way that yeah. generally you're likely to make the best decisions so I think finding and identifying those small groups that evolve, historically evolved organically, but perhaps the finder can start to evolve a bit more uh, systematically. I think that's a really, really exciting approach. Yeah. I do also think that there will probably be less of a division within within the kinds of businesses the way you're selling high volume, lower value products. There will probably become more of a merging of sales and marketing, where in order to be competitive in those kinds of spaces, you need to be having less salespeople on the phones or on emails. And actually a lot of it will be able to be automated by AI. So the way that you manage that AI and you tweak it, perhaps will, your salespeople will start to use those tools and the people who are the best at using those tools, whether that's tweaking yeah. or identifying yeah. customer queries at, at scale, um, which is somewhere between sales marketing and data analysis. Yeah. I suspect that there'll be many let's consumer focused businesses or even uh, yeah, lower value commodity based businesses where that's going to become the differentiator. And um, there will always be a place for supper clubs and community events and going to events. So that, that's never going to be replaced. Yeah. That's, been, that's yeah. been around since, the, you know, since, yeah. since, since forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that there will probably be so much more noise as a consequence of AI, both in terms of incoming emails and thought leadership that um, I like to think that the personal connection component of a community is going to be one of the things that grows yeah, maybe that's what yeah. I'd like. To, that's what I'd like to see, rather than just yeah. everyone thinking, "No, all in on high volume, yeah, content." Because yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I, I love that. I think uh, I mean it's just a something I've got going to sort of just a general. You know, you you can just you can always do more things with more you know people. You know, rather than obviously trying to go load these things on your own. And uh, like you said, you know, this is one of the things we sort of um, you know champion at Finder. You know, we've got um, like I said, you know, the members on the platform. Everybody's open to having a conversation. Uh, you know, like I said, you're talking to the people who can make the decisions within the business. And um, yeah, like you said, it's just being that said bit of a you know uh, community, so people can help to to to, to network and and to get mm -hmm. the, you know, where they're going. So yeah, I I, I love that. Um, okay, we've got time just quickly for one more question. Uh, really, mm -hmm. really enjoyed talking to you so far. And um, just again, we just do this for a little bit of fun. Again, this could be, uh, you know, a something for you personally. It uh, doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, well, it can be, you know, within, mm -hmm. uh, within Unity, maybe you're looking. But, you know, if you, um, you know, if a business or a specific person that you like, you know, you'd love to have a, a partnership for with, you know, uh, obviously, who, who, who would it be and why? So they're obviously, so obviously within my role, there are a lot of big companies in the visual effects or the gaming space that would be the immediate box tick. Obviously, 
Oh, those are the obvious answers. <laughs> but um, but the one that's interesting that's on my mind at the moment is I've been developing a TV, a, a treatment for a TV show. Uh, my sister's a West End composer, and I used to be, as I said, an artist. So it's a sort of musically driven um, TV show, which is a ridiculously ambitious project for someone who doesn't have any writing credits and doesn't have this kind of experience but i've been working with ai to build it up into something that's a bit more credible and actually it does stand up to and i have had some initial meetings with some of the with some of the studios and yeah so therefore if i was to clue and what i guess i'm learning having spoken to people in the industry is that it's not just how good your idea is it's how good you are at selling your idea and how good you are at building connections getting people talking about your idea and spreading that that concept amongst the wide range of stakeholders which is the same thing as building a partnership with a big company or a series of big companies so if there's a way for me to leverage my hustling partnership skills to create something where i really have got no business playing which is in the (laughs) uh you know creating writing some sort of new tv treatment it's a incredibly small chance it'd go anywhere but yeah. if it were to, and I was able to use my skills, uh, my partnership skills to do that, then of course that would be really exciting. That'd yeah, be, yeah. So that would be the yeah. So Netflix, let's say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, everyone, everyone, uh, everyone should dream. But no, listen, I think that's yeah, that's, that's uh, amazing. Um, you know, and um, yeah, it's definitely that is definitely one of the most uh, you know sort of um, yeah, usual answers we've had. But like I said, I, I think it's just incredible. Like I said, using you know the tools that are out there to just help you um you know uh, just get more like i said better more respect of what you're what you're what you're doing mm. so, so yeah, you can then become you know more sort of uh, uh credible so we'll do what we do what we can we'll do a little uh you know little shout you you never know things stranger things have always stranger things have always happened i've said this many times so um you know it's all part of that you know, community we can uh, you know we'll put a word you never know um <laughs> so uh listen um you know, I've uh, come to the end. I uh, just want to say, you know, big, big thank you for taking the time to come and uh, come and talk to us, um, you know, here at, at Finder. So, you know, we always appreciate everyone taking the time to out of their day uh, just to come and obviously speak to us and give us their views. And uh, said I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, catching up with you. So, yeah, again, just thank you very much. Thanks so much, Carl. It's been great. Fantastic. Thanks for joining this week's Game Set Matchup. Tune in to hear more about the need to knows and the do's and don'ts when it comes to creating successful business partnerships.